You're listening to Q Marriage Mentors with Jeff Lutz, a podcast featuring conversations with remarkable lesbian, gay, bisexual, and transgender couples. What makes great relationships work? Jeff will ask the questions. You'll hear the answers. Together, we'll learn. Today, I talk with Greg Kaminsky and Daniel McDonald in New York, New York. Greg is the co-founder of Our Family Vacations, and Dan is a Broadway producer and a television entrepreneur. And Greg and Dan have been together 18 years. Guys, welcome to the show. Hi there. Thank you. So how did you guys meet? Uh, Well, we had a lot of mutual friends who were living in California at the time, and I guess Dan had asked a lot of his friends to set us up on a date. That didn't happen for the first year or two, so I think there was a year or two where Dan (laughs) wasn't my biggest fan because he thought I was ignoring him. In L.A., at least, when a gay man is single, they tend to travel in a herd (laughs) or a pack, and so the joke was always that I was with the Sharks and Greg was with the Jets. Uh, That was (laughs) a made-up kind of story, but I I traveled with a large group, and he traveled with a large group, mostly single guys. So I noticed Greg in his kind of herd and was very attracted to him. And I thought I had told enough people in my group that I wanted to go out with them or be set up with them. And that never happened. So uh, being insecure, I, I assumed someone had asked him and he said no. Come to find out years later that was never the case. No one ever asked him. <laughs> and so I had a, a housemate at the time who literally, uh, you know, the saying, I ran into him in the grocery store. Uh, he saw Greg coming down the aisle uh, with the grocery cart and literally banged his cart into him and uh, <laughs> and kind of started up a conversation because they they did know each other. And uh, they at the time, they both had Jack Russells. They were in the doggy aisle. So they're talking about their dogs. And, and uh, my roommate at the time, housemate, Michael, said, you know, my housemate is interested in you. Would you ever go out with him? Uh, you know, his name's Dan McDonald and Greg says, Oh, I think I know Dan. Yeah, here. And he, he gave Michael his business card. Sure enough, Michael comes home from the grocery store and shoves the business card in my face. And I said, where did you get that? And he said, I bumped him in, in the grocery store and he wants you to call him. So, uh, I did. And, uh, the rest is history. What did you see in Greg that you were so interested in? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I, I tend to be attracted to uh, little guys. Uh, so we always have the joke that uh, Greg's a bit of a pony because he's, he's shorter than I am. And uh, he just always seemed to be having a good time. Uh, big smile on his face. Uh, so definitely a physical attraction. Uh, we would see each other at political rallies. So we, we had uh, similar, if not identical, political uh, interests and support. Um, and then as I got to, to chat with him over these, these large functions, uh, I realized he was a very intelligent, and just an all around nice guy. Greg, tell me about the first date. <laughs> uh, so the first date, Dan, and I know you can't see me, but cooked me dinner at his house. And of course, when he brought the food out, there's a, amazing like gourmet grocery in LA that everyone went to. And I knew that it was from there. Um, but I still love the effort that, uh, you know, that, that he wanted to say, Oh, I cooked you dinner and 
Um, I don't know. We always joke. I say I kissed him goodnight, and I never left. <laughs> well, I think wow. the, the funny, the funnier story is the second date because after our first date, he said, "You know, this was really great, but uh, sadly, I'm I'm going away in a few days uh, for a few weeks." And I said, "Well, where are you going?" He said, "I'm doing back-to-back safaris, or it's what he did, does and did for a living." And uh, you know, he, I think he saw the awkward pause in my eyes, and he said, "You wouldn't want to go, would you?" And I said, "You mean on the safari?" And he said, "Yeah." And and this was before 9/11. And uh, he said, "You know, if you want to go, it's uh, gate 16 at nine o'clock uh, Wednesday morning, and if you want to go, be there." And it wasn't that easy because I had to get some paperwork organized pretty quick. But yeah, we went to Africa, I would say, on our second date. Along that same time of going to Africa, I also did my second or third AIDS ride, you know, which is you're on a bike riding 100 miles a day for seven days. Um, you know, very l- l- powerful life experience. And um, that's really when I was like, this is going to be long-term. I just sort of felt it. Um, I do think that for me, a long-term relationship was something I always wanted. Um, you know, I think there, especially in our community, there's a lot of men that they want to go on dates or they're looking to have sex, but I think really wanting and knowing what your relationship would look like is important. And I, I did know that. That's something you always knew. Yes. Was that the same for you, Dan? Uh, not so much. Uh, I come from a, a very conservative uh, East Coast uh, <clears throat> kind of stuck-up family, um, and they were okay with my sexuality, but I had never breached the topic. I had never brought anyone home. I had never spoken of, of a, a boyfriend or a date. It was just something that wasn't discussed, you know, the don't ask, don't tell policy kind of. So the notion of, 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 of uh, meeting someone, marrying someone and going long-term did kind of scare me because at the time uh, my mother uh, was alive and well and loved me like any mother loves their son, but we just, never had that conversation so that I was very trepidatious about that. And then a brother and a sister that were fine with, with me being gay, but really they they like the conversation to stop there. So I think in the back of my mind, I was like, Oh boy, how am I going to explain this one? So So how did you do that, Dan? How did you, uh, given that you had uh, not as much support as you would like, uh, how did you overcome the fear of commitment? And you've obviously been successful. 18 years is a long time. Yeah. Uh, you're not going to believe this, but you know the saying, um, well, it's not like you're going to do it on TV. Well, we did. <laughs> uh, we had we had been approached by Bravo, um, the network, um, before Andy Cohen was the head of development uh, by a, a former president who was putting together a documentary on, on this before prop eight. And it was called gay weddings still available on DVD. And they featured, uh, two male couples and two female couples and the cameras were, it wasn't a reality show. It was a a docu series. So we had cameras follow us, uh, 
both at home and the courtship right up through uh, the wedding itself. We got married um, in May of 2002. And then even uh, they did, they waited, I think six or eight months and did a follow-up. So literally it was on TV. It was a, a DVD. So I kind of handed them each a copy and, to this day, I don't know if they uh, watched it. <laughs> they did. <laughs> yeah, we know. We know at least half the family did. Um, so yeah, be careful what you ask for. So we have it all documented on on television and on tape because we did it in front of our our friends and family, and we were married by my college roommates, who was an uh, ordained minister. So you could say we were married in the eyes of God. Uh, we were not. It was it was not legal at the time, um, and it also gave my family a face and a, and a personality to put with the name. And obviously, they had met Craig, but only a few times at at the point of the marriage. Um, but I think it was a vehicle for them to you know put person with place and voice and really see our relationship. Um, you know, kind of go from A to to marriage and the documentary really did I think a good job with all of the couples sort of showing that there's not the only real difference is that it's two men that you know that we go through the same fears and the same you know issues that a straight couple may face it sounds fascinating and Greg tell me about your family Dan talked about his what what's been the journey with your family in terms of coming out and their acceptance of Dan? Um, well, I have always been out with my family and, you know, I always joke and say that I think that they preferred having a gay son. Um, I also had, I lost a, my first long-term partner, um, died and my whole family came out and rallied around me. Um, but so when they met Dan, it was like my sister bringing home her husband. I mean, they loved him like everyone does. Everyone in my family was at the wedding. Um, you know, my, they just, everyone in my family, I mean, Dana's family, it's been, you know, and, and I do feel like it's the same even with his family. He has cousins and cousins' kids that have only known life with me there. Um, so, you know, at this point, you know, I do feel like we, feel very, very much a part of each other's family. But yeah, my family was wonderful. I'm, I'm extremely lucky in that way. Well, great. And Greg, as a, uh, the owner, co-owner of uh, Our Family Vacations, obviously you travel a lot. Dan, do you travel a lot for your job as well? Yeah, it was very frustrating. Uh, we, when we lived on the West Coast, uh, we, were, uh, we both traveled incredible amounts like literally uh, part of my job was to literally go around the world uh, three times a year um, promoting films um, for the studios so I would be gone for weeks on end and Greg had multiple trips so we were a lot of times you know very few precious days under one roof um, that's all changed now because uh, I've, I've gotten into a different end of the business and I don't travel as much, but I also have the luxury of being able to join Greg uh, where it's appropriate on his trips, either as just he and I on a familiarization trip or on his larger uh, groups 
Um, so it's, it's actually a perfect scenario right now. But I do have to say, I am just a big believer in people within their relationship being individuals. And, you know, the, the phrase absent makes the heart grow fonder is true. I think it's so healthy to have little breaks from each other because the missing part is fun. And the missing part, I think, is an important way to build your relationship. So having some time apart and some uh, separate interest has worked in your favor. Has it ever been a challenge to the relationship or a threat to your all's connection? I think there are times that Dan would not like us to be apart as much or doesn't have the same, you know, I think I've reached places where I'm like, like I love to be on a plane by myself and put headphones on and answer 400 emails. It's happened to me. Um, You know, I think Dan is, you know, and as we age together, he would be perfectly content, I think, being together, you know, all the time or, or more. Um, so, you know, I think it, it it depends on the the time, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm not so, so good on my own. Like, sometimes when Greg's gone, I can't turn the television on. So, um. Right, Dan will say, like, can I watch Netflix? And my answer is, you can, but that's all you can watch till I get back, because you're not going to be able to get back to cable. <laughs> Yeah, technology is not one of my strong suits, ironically. Uh, um, I'm right so, yeah. there with you, Dan. <laughs> okay, good. Thank you for that. <laughs> What's been the glue that's kept you together for 18 years? Um, I would say, well, first, just the love that I have for Dan continues to grow. But I think I try to tell people that are especially new in relationships, you have to let your relationship like it, it, it changes. So the things that you were so attracted to each other at the beginning may not be exactly the same 10 years in, but then there's new things. I mean, you know, we joke about technology or Netflix, but you know, after 18 years, there's just things that I don't touch because they're the things Dan manages and vice versa. So, you know, there's like, I fold laundry. And so there's always laundry in the dryer or I, you know, just even this little things that as a couple, you sort of morph into one person. Um, and I love, I mean, I think that those are the kind of things that just build you. I would also say, you know, you, you, at this point in your relationship after 18 years, you know your hot buttons and you're just smart enough to stay away from those, if at all possible. You know, um, whatever they be, you know, financial emotional or, or if, if if one has a friend that the other one doesn't really enjoy being with you know just bow out of that dinner or that that party because you know just and and allow the other person to spend time with that person um you know we don't have to do everything together as a couple so just know where your place is and jump in when when it works and when it doesn't, it's okay to say, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to take a pass on this one. Got it. You know, in the honeymoon period, everything's hot and heavy, but 18 years into it, are there still moments where you look across the room and think to yourself, yeah, I did good. You know, we, I think like any relationship, you, it's a little bit of a roller coaster and you maybe have some years that you question whether it's it. And, I um, had some moments years ago where 
I wanted to get to the place where I just made the decision. Like, I think what I said, like, our relationship is definitely not perfect, but it's solid and it's forever. Like, I, I don't, I don't wake up and think like, are we going to, are we going to be together? Like, I feel like there's nothing that we can't weather. How did you get through that period, Greg, where you did have some doubts? Uh, we had some very good therapy. <laughs> uh, in fact, we even asked jokingly, um, if our therapist would travel with us. <laughs> that sounds like a good gig. Well, yeah. Well, you know, some people bring trainers. And so we thought, well, wouldn't it be great if she was at dinner with us? <laughs> She's so adorable. She literally looks like Dr. Ruth and kind of talks like her. So it would like having Dr. Ruth on vacation with you for, for a couple of weeks a year. How did um, she help? Um, you know, we are not, I mean, I don't know how we sound now. We're not a great couple, like, I'm going to call it therapy speak. Like, we're not good at that. Like, if if one of us gets upset or frustrated, it's not like, I'm, I'm going to generalize and say to all my lesbian friends, like, we don't just sit and hold hands and have a big family meeting about it. That is, we do much better with the therapist. But I think with the point Dan was making earlier, where we're at now is I can just sort of get off of it and so can Dan. Like, Maybe we're going to reach that place where I'm frustrated or I feel upset, but we don't have to, like, pick it apart. We just know that it's all still within the context of love. And, you know, this, I don't know, I think one of the secrets of a great relationship is that once a day you secretly want to kill the person. (laughs) (laughs) Well, so what do you know about each other and about your relationship now that you didn't know in the early years? That's a good question. I guess I know that uh, Greg is with me because he loves me and would take a bullet from me and uh, will and has been by my side through thick and thin. And literally when we did those vows, he meant every word of that, um, as did I. But there there was some time there where I, I doubted, you know, is he in this for the long term? Is he in this because he really loves me, the person, and not the... We live a very large life. And some people may say, wow, you know, X is getting a good ride on Y or vice versa. And uh, it took me a couple of years to realize that none of that matters and that it's really based on love and commitment. And, you know, an interesting twist on that is I know really think of our life in that way. I actually think the reverse, like I'm so much of a caretaker that that is sort of the driver in our, my relationship with Dan is that I, my need is to care for somebody and said, and I mean this in a loving way, like Dan is a needy person, but that's, that's the glue that makes it work. Like I like to be the one that manages things or takes care of him or, um, that, you know, I think just the whole whole thing works. Got it. And I know that you both are very much part of the LGBT community. Have there ever been times when uh, friends or people in the community have sort of gotten in the way of your connection? Uh, I would say no, the, the exact opposite. I, I think it's in this day and age, it's very hard to find role models, uh, more so I feel in the male gay community, um, it's hard to really find a couple that 
you really look up to and say, wow, those guys really have it pulled together. And so our new saying is it's, it's our new normal and it's really everybody's normal. You can't judge people. What, what, what works for, you know, a couple in Los Angeles may not work for a couple in New York. And, you know, we've got friends all over the world actually. And, uh, they all have little quirks and mannerisms and rules and regulations and, some of that wouldn't work for us, but you know what? Who are we to judge? And I think, I, you know, I also keep our relationship as its own thing. And, you know, Dan does come on some of my trips, but there's many people that, you know, it's sort of a joke saying, you know, I think Dan only lives on Facebook. Like, I never met him. <laughs> when they meet him, they know what I love about him. But I think part of that is when I'm, when I'm in doing at least in my work, I love to be the caretaker to the people traveling with me and sometimes my own fear is that I can't do that and care for Dan at the same you know on the, the same trip um so you know I, I think we do keep our personal life sometimes a little separate I see what advice would you give to younger LGBT couples who maybe are just meeting and trying to get their relationship off the ground um I think that I would be patient. You know, I think that you mentioned something about that honeymoon phase. You know, that's a great period, I think, in any relationship. But it 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 kind of matures. And so, you know, you got to see more. I mean, I, I, I think a lot of, you know, before I was with our family, I worked for Atlantis for many years. So I feel like I saw every type of gay relationship out there. And I did feel, and this is an unprofessional view, but I did sometimes think that people would always just run to their sexual attraction and think that was it, instead of looking at that as one piece of the pie. And, you know, what's the emotional attraction or what's the shared interest? And, you know, like if I, I think, again, wh- why Dan and I have lasted so long is like if we were kind of our, you know, the wheel of what the things that we loved in life so many of those we share. Just acknowledge the strengths and focus on those and try and ignore the weaknesses and definitely do not focus on those and you will have a much smoother ride. And, uh, you know, life is, uh, what's the saying? Life is an oyster. Um, I mean, we have been blessed in many, many ways and we live, we live a fantastic life. Uh, some people say, I don't know how to keep up with you two. Um, we're always on the go. And uh, it's just, a, it's a pace that we enjoy that we're the ones that set it. We literally sit down at the beginning of the calendar year and look at the entire 12 months and map out. Uh, Greg knows his travel. Um, I oftentimes don't know mine. So map out the, the givens and then plan around that. Um, obviously the holidays uh, are Sometimes it's an issue, but not so much anymore. Um, so a little bit of planning goes a long way. Tell me about your biggest fight. <laughs> uh, I don't know that I would have like a biggest fight story. I mean, I think, again, you know, and, and I think looking back, I think thing, you know, you, you asked a question about what would you tell people just starting out. There may be things that, seems so huge and something that you could never overcome in a relationship. But when you look, 
fast forward 10 years later, it probably wasn't as big a deal as what you were imagining. I have this joke that Dan and I are, um, I mean, we are def- we are an old married couple, but we can be loud and, um, you know, we're, we have no filter with each other. So if, I think if we had a hidden camera, you, you might hear us like screaming, screaming, screaming. And then, you know, I'm like, oh God, we got to go. We're meeting, you know, our friends at eight. And then we just walk out the door and have a fun night. You know, you all haven't used this word on the podcast today, but I'm hearing some appreciation and maybe some gratitude for each other and for your life together. Can you talk a little bit more about that if, if I'm hearing that correctly? Well, you know, it's, inter- it's interesting that you say that. One of the topics in therapy that is always kind of comes up again is gratitude. And there were certainly times that I would question and say, you know, do I have to do that? Like, we're, we're together. Like, do you always, you know, what is it about always being grateful or thanking somebody? And, you know, the therapist had such a great answer. She's like, don't figure out why he may need it. Just give him what he needs. And so I think within each couple, like you have to know what, what are the things that make them feel cared for and appreciated and you do that stuff for, for the partner. And you may, you may never really like a hundred percent get it, but it, it just goes a long way. Yeah. And when we did our vows, I, I started by saying, um, I am not going to say my vows today. I have a combination of a thank you note and an IOU. And the thank you note was appreciating everything that Greg does for me and for us. And the IOUs were the promises that I was making to him that I would provide to the relationship and to him. And um, I think that was 16 years ago. I think we've done pretty well uh, upholding those promises. Wow, I love that, Dan. Do you all have similar love languages? I think, yes, we do. Um, you know, and again, you know, we're um, we're old and jaded. I mean, we're, you know, we don't, we tell a lot to each other. I mean, I don't know that we have to, you know, always hang a banner. Um, but, you know, I think people that really know us and, and, you know, even though, you know, yeah, life is complicated. I mean, people that know us, they know that we belong with each other. Like, I, I come from a very large extended family. Uh, I only have a brother and a sister, but I have many, 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 many cousins. So Greg is still meeting um, some of my cousins. And uh, a bunch of us got together down in Myrtle Beach uh, this spring. And I've known them all my life. I love them to dear to death they're all canadian and uh they had never met greg and man we were together for four days and the emails and the 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 notes that i got back saying you hit the gold mine dan you know don't ever let him go he is such a sweetheart we are thrilled to have him as part of the family like how have you been keeping him a secret because we don't see them as much because they're they're uh, up north so to speak um, so yeah, that's always comforting when you, you know, you did good and, uh, your family is accepting and loving and open. I don't that's have that. I don't have that on all sides, but, uh, it is wonderful. It's a wonderful new chapter that's just recently opened with this extended family. Wow. That kind of validation feels wonderful. It does. 
Well, guys, we're almost at the end of our time, but is there anything else that you would like our listeners to know about how to make a relationship strong and resilient, just in your opinion, from your experience? I think I've said this a few different ways, but I would say if you really love the person and you know that you love the person, don't hang on to everything. I mean, don't think that every fight is the deal breaker. Your relationship is a lot stronger than any incident or any argument or any opinion someone has. Um, And, you know, there's, it's so great to go through life with somebody. I mean, knowing that they're always there, even if you're not physically right in front of them 24 seven, like I know that like Dan and I have a constant caring conversation with each other 24 seven. Right. And I work with the Harvey Milk School, uh, so a lot with gay youth. And I, I try and assure them, you know, give your family time. You know, it took you X number of years to be comfortable with yourself and you just dropped it on them last night. You know, give them time to get comfortable with you. And if you're going to introduce a partner, a loved one, a husband, a wife, um, you know, give them time. It, it may take a while, it may take years. But they will come around. They will definitely come around. And it, I, the saying, you know, it does get better. So hang in there, kids. Thank you, Dan and Greg. I really appreciate you joining us on the show today and sharing your advice. You're welcome. Yeah, thank you. It's a pleasure. Do you know any LGBT couples with interesting stories and wisdom to share on the show? Jeff would love to meet them, so please contact him through the website at qmarriagementors.com. Until next time, thanks for listening, and have a great week.